Welcome to the Footwear Insight Extra podcast from Formula 4 Media in Great Neck, New York. Formula 4 Media publishes vertical trade magazines, Outdoor Insight, Team Insight, Textile Insight, and Footwear Insight with related digital publications Team Insight Extra twice monthly, Textile Insight Extra once a month, and Footwear Insight Extra on Wednesdays. Now it's time for the latest podcast. We are speaking with Mr. Michael Rich, founder and CEO of Pseudo Footwear. The Los Angeles company, founded in 2020, focuses on ethical, small-batch, and on-demand sneakers using recycled water bottles and designed with sublimation printing with zero waste. Mr. Rich is an industry veteran with past footwear experience with Elon Polo, Brown Shoe, and LJO. He also has 30 years of sourcing experience making products for other brands. Well, good afternoon, Michael. Let's get started telling our audience about all about pseudo footwear. Sure. How are you today? Good, good. Very good, Michael. Well, tell us briefly about more about your footwear background and why and how you started Pseudo. Sure. So if you think about the uh, theory of uh, 10,000 hours, uh, I spent my 10,000 hours <laughs> spent on planes, traveling to Asia, uh, making product, learning about how products, uh, mostly athletic footwear, how it's made, sourced, the supply chain, uh, duties, constructions, you know, everything that there is to know about, about sneakers, you know, really always did love the experience of going into the shoe factories over there. But I was, as you know, in my travels, I would just think about a way to make a sneaker in the United States. You know, what would that sneaker look like? How would I do it? What would the product feel like, look like? And, you know, kind of as time is going on, this is probably a 10, 15 year kind of journey, I'll say, and knew that in sneaker manufacturing or footwear manufacturing, you know, labor is always the key element that affects cost. And uh, I thought, how can I simplify a, a sneaker and make it as simple as possible so that I could make it, you know, in the United States? And what I came up with is this idea of printing sublimation on a singular fabric and created a look of a sneaker that looks like a more complicated, intricate sneaker, but really is just like a one-piece slip-on sneaker. Really just prototyped it myself and kind of kicked it down the road for a number of years until I said, you know what, I think this product's ready to go to market. Really just decided to put way more energy into it than just, you know, an idea. So I kind of like uh, checked a lot of things off the list of could I solve this problem? Could I solve that problem? And that's the impetus for for really going after it and creating a new brand. Michael, how have you funded the company over the last three years? So we started off self-funding the company, just uh, Courtney and myself. And we just decided that, you know, listen, it's it's a dream. It's an idea. It's a product that we want to iterate, but we wanted to prove that we could sell sneakers, make sneakers, market sneakers ourselves, that there was a demand for this product before we took, you know, other people's money, I'll say. And so we started to do that in early 2020. Of course, you know, COVID starts and we decided to really just push forward. We're actually very close to our supply chain. We opened up a little factory ourselves and uh, really went to market then. And we caught attention of some potential investors in 2021. So really like 18 months later, they said, Michael, you're really going to need more capital to do this. And it's a firm uh, called Aegis Capital based in New York. And uh, they've been holding my hand. They helped raise some capital to really get the company going in a much bigger way and, and, and scale this idea into a real company. And so that's what that's what we've been doing, you know, since I would say, you know, Q4 21. 
and moved the company from St. Louis out to Los Angeles and opened up our own factory here last October uh, so that we can really control our own supply chain and own our manufacturing. It's really been a huge boon to the company to do that. Great, Michael. And I actually, you, you touched upon your last answer, but I wanted to ask you, what, what what do you see as the biggest rewards and challenges in starting a new brand, basically <laughs> in the middle of a global pandemic? It's not many people have done, I don't think. Well, you know, it, it's, it's um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs and, and all of us probably have seen this roller coaster of business in the past, you know, four or five years. And, and Sudo is not immune to that at all. It's been a lot of highs you know, and plenty of lows. It's, uh, it's, it's challenging, expensive, everything takes longer than it, than it should, or, you know, just delays and whatever it may be. But the, the biggest reward, honestly, is seeing uh, the positive reviews when people love our sneakers. I mean, it's, it's actually like a pinch me moment because they actually like the product that we're making. And so for people to come back and spend their hard-earned money on our sneakers, I take uh, not for granted. I feel very grateful for each and every one of our e-commerce customers. Now, as we go into wholesale, we're getting honestly, you know, really positive feedback that this is something different in the marketplace. Um, so that's definitely the most exciting part of it is just that reaction. And the biggest challenge is just as a domestic manufacturer, we talk a lot about wanting to do this, but really there's no help out there to do it. You really, what I mean is there's no government programs or the none that I've found that really want to help. Uh, support the domestic manufacturing piece. It's because we're kind of a small player. We're not doing large government contracts or anything like that. So I would say that's that's the biggest challenge is there's a very hand to mouth, I'll call it. So you have to pay for all our materials up front and, and things like that. So that's that's the biggest challenge is being able to uh you know, to uh, obtain those raw materials in a timely manner. I would tell you that I think you're certainly plugged into one thing, and that is, uh, it seems to me that Amer- from what I hear in the footwear industry, Americans seem to love their slip-on footwear, whether it's Crocs or oh, a yeah. dude owned by the same company mm-hmm. or some other brands I could mention. So it seems like that's certainly sort of an easy on, easy off footwear. And that goes beyond, you know, you know what you're making with it. You'd be plugged into a, 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 a good trend at this time. But without me talking more, you know, what makes your brand unique and your target audience and your price point? Sure. So we are uh, we are positioning Sudo to be a premium product uh, made in USA, made from recycled materials and um, an uber comfortable you know polyurethane insole. The product feels like a sandal inside a sneaker, kind of like if uh, your 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 Crocs or your Birkenstocks put in a more streamlined product. And then also, what really makes it unique is the is the color. So when we sublimate color on sneakers it we've been able to do this small batch manufacturing and the consumer is responding very positively to color so we have black sneakers we have white sneakers but the most vibrant sneakers are our best-selling sneakers and that clearly is going to be our our niche if you look at a sea of black brown tan shoes and at retail pseudo stands out from that and we're getting such positive reaction to that and, and one ability that we have is we do very small batch manufacturing we test new styles see what the consumer is reacting to and we are getting that premium customer that 30 to 60 year old generally interested in other brands like Ho- Birkenstock on running. I mean, so we're kind of falling in with those, except we're just a different, little bit different type of product and and premium, but our premium price point still falls 
underneath where some of the, some of those other brands sit. So what we consider to be selling amongst those brands is still working really well in those premium accounts. You had more success selling to women than men or is it about equal or how's that going? It's it's 50-50. We've been we've been it's really been really a nice men's business and women's has been strong. And so we expect it to kind of as we move forward kind of continue to lean toward a little bit bigger women's business, but men love our sneakers. So that's been that's been terrific. Just one more question about the product. Is it more, I obviously know there in Southern California, you could probably year, wear it year round, maybe not here in Boston. So is it more a seasonal product in most of America? Or? <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, it's a fabric upper sneaker. So obviously, you know, the seasonality for Northern territories are going to be, you know, more challenging during the winter months. But, you know, our best states are still the biggest populous states. So New York, Florida, Texas, California. But we're, but what we're also seeing though is, uh, in as a, almost like a resort shoe. So if you're in New York and you're going on vacation during Christmas, like we're seeing a, a nice surge in, in selling even during winter months to for whether it's snowbirds, they're taking their sneakers from New York down to Florida or going on vacation, wherever they're going. But um, yeah, of course we are uh, conscious that in the worst winter months, you know, our product wouldn't be as uh as pro- prolific as summer months. It's easily packable as well, right? It's not it's oh, a yeah. bulky sneaker, you know, a performance running shoe or something. It's easily packable, I assume, right? Our fabric is one of our secret sauces where you literally smash it down, okay? There's no break-in period with the sneakers and they you could literally pack them very tightly together and they pop back up. And just even traveling through the airport has been terrific. There's no, you have no metal in the sneakers. So, you know, it's easy to go through security they slip right back on and yeah it's been a terrific travel shoot for us oh good so next i just want to you touched upon it before but can you tell us a little bit more about the u.s factory operation in california and what sure. is unique and who, how many people are working at it i mean i guess it obviously depends on demand but uh, you know a little bit about it sure so like i said we opened up our, our facility last i think it was last october and we have a phenomenal production manager that's super organized and helps us uh, manage this this particular factory. We have 17 employees in the factory and uh, we're able to really uh, flex demand our how we plan our how we plan our production schedule. So for example, if today we were out of size 11s of a particular style, we literally can produce more size 11s in the next two to three days. So like our turnaround time is is unlike, you know, anything else I think in the shoe industry. We kind of say we hack the sneaker industry because it's very enviable to be able to replenish product at once on demand. So mm-hmm. we're not predicting necessarily what what we need, but we're reacting to to those needs, if that makes sense. So right. we're running low in size 11s of our core blue multi style. We just replenish on those. And, uh, you know, even going out to wholesale, we found that uh, we're... we're almost doing custom type product where if they like a particular style that we don't have in stock, we're, we are making it for them. And so oh. we can produce in these very small batches and uh, replenish them in really a two week, three week turnaround time, even for wholesale. So again, very enviable from, uh, I think, you know, even from my background of like planning and timing and stuff like that. So as long as we have these raw materials in place, then it's a, uh, it's a very nimble uh, business for us. The SMU product you mentioned is interesting because it, it, I guess technically if you had a certain market, say LA, where you had three or four different 
uh, small independent boutiques or whatever, and they all want to, they could all have their own special look of Pluto, which would be different than their competing competitor down the road or another town. Well, let, let me tell you a story. So we were in Atlanta. Okay. This is our second show in Atlanta. Obviously that, that show has turned out to be just a, now it's like what they call it the largest, you know, uh, shoe show in America right now. And we had a prime location right when you enter and we had retailers come in and a couple key retailers from Wisconsin, you know, Chiapetta. Yep. And uh, another retailer called The Heel, which is based in Green Bay. They said, could you make us a sneaker that is um, Packers colors? And <laughs> that was on a Saturday during the show. By Monday morning, we had the CADs done. And um, we've already prototyped it. This is like one week ago. Okay, wow. We've already prototyped it. And we have orders for producing uh, a, a special makeup. We're not licensing the Green Bay Packers, but we're using those colors on one of our styles. And they're going to have them for the football season, you know, in the warm part of the football season, which is, you know, September, right. October. And so just to be able to do something like that is, again, just unreal, you know, in terms of right. uh, our capabilities. So just a fun thing that we're doing, you know, as we launch and we're getting the attention of some of these terrific premium retailers. And it's been um, fantastic. Well, that's great. Uh, maybe we'll see college colors in Michigan and, and Alabama. Who knows? Oh, yeah. We'll see some of those coming oh, yeah. I read that you started a new category of footwear last week. We're partnering El Salvador. Can you tell us about that? Yes, sure, sure. So um, our sneaker is 100% made and sourced in the United States. All the fabric, all the soles, everything is produced here. And we assemble it and, and uh, you know ship it out of Los Angeles. But a technology that came available to us, a company called Blue Maca, uh, Santa Barbara-based, launched a technology where they're repurposing old outsole, I shouldn't say old, I should say scrap outsole foam. So if you think about like after they're done making Adidas soles and Crocs, the, the excess foam that literally would go into landfill, they're repurposing into new products and they're opening, they opened a plant in El Salvador and speaking with them, we said, why don't we produce that um, shoe down at your plant in El Salvador so we can vary what we call near source and have a bigger recycling story. It's a different construction, but the same comfort. We're using our same USA fabric. So the fabric stays the same. We change the styling a little bit. Our USA shoe is more of a jogger profile. This shoe in El Salvador is more of a cupsole, more of a, you know, kind of a Vans type of look to the to the tooling. And so it gives a different look. And plus, you can see like the recycled speckles inside of the sole and the insole, but same comfort features, same kind of fit, but a um, little bit different look and a bigger recycling story. So that, that shoe is 85% total content of recycled, uh, recycled sneaker. We've decided like really to go to market with that as more of a near source sneaker. But like I said, bigger recycling story, a little bit different look. So we felt merchandise really well with our main USA product. And when does that sneaker hit the market or available to consumers? It, it, we launched on, uh, on August 15th. So just about you know 10 days ago, uh, right. launched, the, launched the product, started with pre-orders early August. And um, it's been fantastic. Wow. There's a huge, huge demand. The price point's the next tier down in at uh, $94. And so it just opens it up to a, to a newer consumer has a little bit younger look to the, to the tooling, but yeah, I think uh, we've had a really phenomenal start to it. And uh, you know, we, we, we produce a little bit differently down there because it, it does, we do make it in a little bit larger bulk 
compared to our flexibility of our USA factory. But um, we're seeing high demand on the USA side and in a lot of interest on, on pseudo blue as well. Uh, notify your, your potential customers that you do, do all this recycling and all this you know, is it through your hang tags. Most of our, you know, advertising, we, we, we do mark the boxes and we have um, information on the box about, about, about our product, but really most of our information is either through our website, through our social media. We do, you know, launching as a, uh, uh, e-commerce, you know, direct to consumer. When we first when we first launched, we've been telling the story about our company, telling about the recycled materials, telling about the features and benefits of the sneaker, and kind of getting the word out that way. And um, we found that uh, you know, starting that way gives us like a ton of assets to support the retailers as we move forward. Everyone's super interested in the story about Sudo and how we created it. You know, I think. Any new brand you want to try, you want, oh, what is this? Uh, you know, I want to learn about it. I want to understand, you know, what this is. You know, other, otherwise, I guess we just all buy Nike because, um, you know, <laughs> they're the largest. But there's always room for another player out there. And, and people have a lot of interest in our story. And next, I just want to touch about the distribution strategy. I think when we first spoke of your brand, you were just doing direct. But I, you mentioned wholesale a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, have you also expanded into international markets yet? We once we once we opened that facility here in LA, it gave us the opportunity to start to go out to wholesale. And uh, we we before that, prior to that, we didn't couldn't make enough product to support the retailers as well. And we launched in early January and started selling in the in the southeast. A couple you know called Florida, North Carolina accounts. And they got the product in in February, started reordering in March. And we're like, wow, people are really responding to this product. And so we've hired a few key sales reps. I, uh, my senior VP of sales is Michael Ferlato. And um, he, has, he also has 30 plus years experience in the industry. And he has been um, just so helpful in just introducing the brand to various retailers. Uh, we've done a couple of trunk shows. One of our key accounts is Tops in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, I went out there and did a trunk show. Courtney and I did a trunk show ourselves and we sold 15, 20 pair in the first couple hours. And uh, they're, you know, just a fabulous retailer that's been a great partner of ours. And the shoes have been really working there as well. So all of this stuff has been building. We did the Atlanta show in February, which we uh, started with a few accounts there. And now we really kind of had a, a, a breakthrough moment at this past uh August show. Finally, today, Michael, I just wanted to ask you if you could talk about what, what are some of your goals for the brand over the next three years? I know three years yeah. can be a long time, but like yeah. the pandemic, but uh, in, in a lot of ways, I feel like we're just getting going. You know, we're trying to flush out our whole distribution strategy. We have all these great independents that we're selling now. We have interest for Spring 24 at Baumauer and Dillard's. So I expect to be in store with them come spring 24. But the future always is in new product. And so we have more innovation coming, more new products, constantly iterating our current sneaker. Our secret sauce for us is launching new sneakers every single month, certainly on our website. And we have that capability to do so. So I see just product innovation as the key to any growth of uh of any sort of startup, you know, if you have like a, the best black hoodie, it's great. It's fantastic. But, you know, you need to come back and you need new product to sell and show and innovate. And we, we, uh, we will continue to do that.
pretty soon we may be talking about pseudo collectors who buy a shoe of yours every month and have a whole collection. There you go. Hey, hey listen, you know, I, I could definitely envision it. I mean, we're working with some artists and certain right. collaborations and, you know, there's, you never know. You never right. know how it'll end up going. Listen, thanks very much, Michael. I've been speaking with Mr. Michael Rich, CEO and founder of Pseudo Footwear in Los Angeles. He founded the company with his wife, Courtney, and you've been listening to the Footwear Inside Extra podcast. I am Bob McGee. 